It was a rough weekend for the Missouri Tigers as John Bowl escapes Dennis Gates' clutches and Isaiah Mosley chooses to move on from the program. But I got to tell you, anybody questioning Dennis Gates right now is beyond misguided. So let's talk about that and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with FanDuel by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And you know what, today I do kind of want to start with Isaiah Mosley, but I gotta say it's been a while since I've been on this program, so I feel like I should lead with the John Bowl kerfuffle. Yes, a kerfuffle, a media kerfuffle not involving me. Two thumbs up, everybody. I didn't do it this time. But seriously, though, Gabe DeArmond over at Power Mizzou got a lot of Missouri fans, including myself, excited on Thursday when he put out on his premium message board that it was looking like Missouri was going to get John Bowl, a top 50 player. I believe I've seen him ranked 34th over at Gabe's, I guess, mothership site, rivals.com, if you will. And I'm pretty much with Gabe on all of his takes today in terms of, hey, apologize for getting this wrong, that type of deal. You know, to Gabe's credit, Friday morning he was going, oh, I'm not so sure about my information anymore. I'm getting different information. By the time Saturday morning comes around, he's going, yeah, Missouri's not getting John Bowl, guys. Sorry. Sure enough, Bowl commits to Florida later that Saturday afternoon. So it's not as though Gabe was 100% wrong about this the whole way. I think he's being honest with us the whole way, as by the way, I was being honest with all of you about the stupid Caleb Love thing. But again, I don't want to go down that road again. What I do want to say is I just want to talk about what this means for the Missouri basketball program, because I think what a lot of fans are suffering right now from right now, a lot of Tiger fans is increased expectations. And of course, when you come in your first season and a lot of people are going, hey, who is this guy from the Horizon League? Cleveland State, what the heck is that? And then he wins 25 games in his first year, has basically universal approval from every person I talk to. And that's difficult to get in my family in particular, my in-laws, everybody. They all seem to love Dennis Gates. Well, we don't agree on everything on sports, Baseball teams for one. There's a real divide in our family for sure. But I just find that all fascinating and I'm stunned that just because there's been some disappointing recruiting moments here the last month or two, hey, maybe you did want Caleb Love. I think certainly all all of us would have loved to have had John Bowl on on the roster. The seven foot two center. He's kind of a project, I would say. You know, as Gabe mentioned, I'm not sure he would be, you know, first team all SEC next season. He's not a one and done type of player, those type guys are, you know, typically top 10, top 15 type recruits, but obviously a guy Missouri wanted and certainly would have taken him. But at the same time, I think again, back to the, the increased expectations, Hey, it's great to have expectations and higher expectations. It creates excitement. 
It sells more tickets. But there is a downside to it as well. Here's something I've been saying a lot lately. There are no solutions in life, really, for the most part. There are only trade-offs. Well, the trade-off of increased expectations is, well, fans get spoiled. I think Missouri fans are already spoiled somehow one year into the Dennis Gates era. At least a few are, because if you're getting that bent out of shape about missing on Matthew Cleveland, the Florida State transfer, the John Bull, whoever it might be, Caden Shedrick, there's been a, there's been a several different guys here that Missouri's been really close to getting that it just hasn't quite happened. Well, to me, I still think that Dennis Gates, when he came here, I thought a, a good Missouri coach can live and make the NCAA tournament and occasionally have some really excellent teams if you just live around the top 100 range of recruits. Certainly some of Missouri's best classes ever have had that type of ranking. Think about Lawrence Bowers, Kim English, Marcus Denman, that whole class. I'm just telling you, obviously Missouri would love to get the number one player in the country. Hey, it was fun getting Michael Porter Jr. If he would have been healthy, that would have been quite the coup. And we'll talk about my MPJ a little bit later in the show. But the point is, you don't have to have top 10 recruits to win the national championship, make the final four, that type of thing. I think Dennis Gates is a good enough coach. He can win with slightly lesser talent. I'm not saying he can't have any talent whatsoever. I, again, I said top 100. I didn't say top 300 or 500 or something crazy like that. Missouri should and can and will get good quality athletes. It's not as though Caleb Grill, who they're bringing in, is a bad basketball player, for instance. You know, I just think people are overanalyzing this a little bit and expecting a little bit too much in just year two here. Imagine if Gates puts together another NCAA tournament quality basketball team next year. Well, imagine the type of dividends it's going to pay coming off of that. Because I think a lot of people, who would have thought this team would have won 25 games made round two of the NCAA tournament with, you know, a bunch of Horizon League cast-offs, a, a kid from Northern Iowa, and, you know, a Kobe Brown who was, you know, a nice player, but a guy, a really good player, in fact. But, you know, for, through the first three years of his career with Conzo Martin, never showed that he was truly a number one option on a team that could take you to the tournament. Well, somehow, Dennis Gates figured out how to pull that out of him. That, at the very least should give you a ton of benefit of the doubt and confidence in Gates going forward. So, you know, if you're if you're a little negative about Missouri football right now, I guess I can't blame you in a lot of ways. But Missouri basketball, my goodness, that was just one of the best seasons we've ever seen in many, many years. So, yeah, let's give Dennis Gates a little time to prove us wrong before we start downing him completely. And coming up, the Isaiah Mosley saga officially comes to a close, as Isaiah has declared himself for professional basketball, leaving the Missouri program. And oh, by the way, speaking of NBA players, professional players, got to talk about Michael Porter Jr. so far, and also Kobe Brown's path to an NBA career. But first, speaking of the NBA, you got to make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat First bet up to $2,500. Yes, that's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And I tell you, if you've been betting against Denver all season, well, that's probably been 
a bad bet for you. I got to say, Denver favored by nine and a half tonight. Looks like they're going to close out the series. I don't know if I'd take that big of a number. Miami has been playing as well in this series, certainly. I think they're a little bit outmatched here, but I think this is a stay away for me. But regardless of what you're into, tons of props, tons of options, and there's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat. First bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou and, well, every podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network your first listen every day and for you everydayers. Again, apologies for not being around this past week as much. Had a lot going on with the dance studio and also, well, may have partied a little bit too hard this past weekend. That's why I'm actually leaning back from the microphone a little bit. Got my foot elevated. Had a really stupid foot sprain injury that'll hopefully clear itself up or I have to go on my golf trip next week. But we shall see. A self-inflicted wound. No question about that. So I'm feeling a little bit dumb right now, but you certainly aren't dumb for listening to this podcast. And well, thanks again. I did put out a quick thing about Isaiah Mosley. I was going to say thanks again for being patient and Thanks to those of you who are being patient with this segment, because I'm going to be slightly repetitive if you saw my one-minute video about Isaiah that I put out on social media and on YouTube just a few days ago. But mostly, I, I'm just sad about the Isaiah Mosley situation. I, I Again, no insight to provide on what his situation was this past season or moving forward, but... Just basketball-wise, I I just really enjoyed the short time that I got to see Isaiah play. Clearly, there was more there in terms of production that we got. Even when Isaiah was on the floor, it was like, "Mm, he's just a little bit off here and there. His three-point shooting wasn't quite what you expected in some instances, for, for example. But gosh, the talent, the ability to beat guys off the dribble and just get a shot one on one, basically whenever he wants was pretty obvious. Again, despite a bit of a weird and awkward release, certainly not a pure Ray Allen or, you know, Marcus Denman type release that you would teach at a shooting clinic. But again, Mosley, certainly not of the caliber of Michael Porter Jr., but it does feel similar of a situation in that, hey, a guy from Columbia who's coming home to Missouri to play for Mizzou, you know, it's just unbelievable that two out of two, you know, Columbia, Missouri guys, the prodigal sons return, if you will, and it, it just turns out like that. You get a combined, what, 12 games out of the two of them, 14? I, I don't know. Whatever it was, it was certainly a lot left on the table there. But regardless, for Missouri next season, I was really hoping that M- Mosley was going to be a big part of the squad, and, you know, frankly, I think Missouri would have been better off with him than they're going to be without him. Doesn't mean that Missouri's going to be bad next year without Mosley by any means, but I do think ultimately their ceiling is just a little bit lower without Mosley. Again, I think Dennis Gates has proven already he can put together an offense. I'm not really worrying about Missouri scoring the basketball next year, but again, it's more of a matter of ceiling than anything else. And interestingly enough, actually Missouri was probably better defensively with Mosley on the floor than they were 
a lot of other lineup combinations without him. So just a lot of interesting stuff to note there if you're a Missouri fan. But regardless, you know, I just hope everything works out for Isaiah personally on the basketball court, and I'll certainly be rooting for him. And despite this short period, you know, I think he wanted it all to work out. I, I don't know all the details, but as far as I'm concerned, he'll always be a Missouri Tiger. Now, speaking of sort of, I don't know, weird or mixed feelings, Fortunately, Missouri fans won't have to deal with any of that when it comes to Kobe Brown, who's, of course, going off to the NBA draft. And I don't see how any Missouri fan could be mad at Kobe for not playing a fifth year of college basketball at Missouri, considering how few players have actually played five years in the history of college basketball. Until the last couple years, that really wasn't a thing. So expecting him to do that is, I think, a little bit crazy, number one. But the bigger point here is that there was a lot of Kentucky fans, Arkansas fans, a lot of people who want to consider themselves insiders who are throwing out information that, hey, we're hearing Kobe Brown might come to Kentucky. He might get $3 million in NIL money, that type of thing. Uh, You know, I'll give Gabe DeArmond a pass. I'll give myself a pass when we get something wrong occasionally. These people just throw stuff out like that. That stuff is just completely asinine. The odds of Kobe Brown coming back to college basketball, if you've been paying attention the last month or so, were pretty darn low. The NBA guys, I think, like what they see from him for the most part. So this idea that, oh, this NIL money is going to take him away from Missouri, number one. I just thought the idea that he was going to play college basketball anywhere but the Tigers was just based on nothing but pure speculation and perhaps a little elitism on the on the, on the the part of some Kentucky fans there just thinking, well, they're Missouri, we're Kentucky, we can buy whoever we want. I, it was never that simple, number one. I think the idea of him getting $3 million is frankly absurd. I just don't see that whatsoever. But again... If you're Kobe Brown, just think about it. I want a long-term career as a college basketball player here. Or, excuse me, I want a long-term career as a professional NBA player. I want that NBA money. I want that long-term NBA money. Like Damari Carroll got. Like Michael Porter Jr. got. And I really think that Damari Carroll, I've said this before on the show, so sorry to you everydayers out there, but... I really think Damari Carroll is the comp. I think that's the guy that Kobe Brown can aspire to be. Just so happens to be a Missouri Tiger, so of course that's an obvious comp for me. I think it's a helpful one for all of you listeners, though, because like Kobe Brown, Damari Carroll was not some seven-foot guy who could jump above the rim and you know do all this incredible, explosive, athletic stuff. But what he was was a savvy college basketball player, a guy who could play ball, multi-talented, at six foot eight, good size, good rebounder, can put the ball on the floor, shoot it a little bit. And by the way, Kobe Brown showed much more from distance, from the three-point line, than Damari Carroll ever did in college. And despite that, Carroll became a rather proficient three-point shooter at the NBA level. So to me, Kobe can can absolutely be a good shooter at that level. It's all going to come down to him having to work his tail off. Because I'm telling you, those of you who think, well, NBA superstars are prima donnas and it's an easy life, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe it is for the absolute super duper stars in some way. I get it. But for guys like Kobe Brown, boy, he's going to have to get, he's going to have to absolutely get everything he can 
out of that body of his to to make it in the NBA and stay there as well. Because while I think he's probably shouldn't have too much trouble offensively, to be honest with you, I'm not worried about him offensively at all. Defensively, I think he's going to have to keep up for sure in terms of lateral quickness, all that stuff. Really, it's a lot of it's going to come down to just getting his body in the absolute best shape he possibly can, maxing out his agility and all that stuff. Because when it comes to everything upstairs and his heart, I think he's a smart guy. I think he plays hard. I think he's just a good, smart basketball player. It's just, you know, the explosive athleticism. He's just going to have to max that out as hard as he possibly can. And I got news for you. If he does that, he's going to be earning every dollar he gets. And I'm certainly going to be rooting for Kobe Brown. No question about that. And of course, tonight, Michael Porter Jr. could become maybe the first, one of the first. I got to go check back. Somebody told me Clay Johnson won a title with the Lakers back in the day. I'm going to have to check on that. But regardless, certainly Michael Porter Jr., if the Nuggets take home the title tonight or sometime soon, certainly be the most prominent Missouri Tiger for Missouri Tiger to ever win an NBA championship. Got to be the first guy from Columbia, Missouri, too, as well, right? But I got to say, Porter, been a bit of a no-show so far in the NBA Finals. So let's talk about him coming up right after this. So certainly, I think it's fair to say that Michael Porter Jr. has become one of the best shooters in the NBA. I mean, certainly at his size, too, it's borderline six foot ten, maybe even a little taller, who can really challenge that shot? If he wants to put it up, there's not much you can do about it. And occasionally, well, Porter takes some fairly difficult contested shots because of his absolute beautiful stroke, his shooting ability. I don't blame they aren't necessarily tough shots for him. But like all great shooters, occasionally he's gonna go through two or three games where he's not making shots. And I think that's mostly what you're seeing here in the NBA Finals. Although, what I'm disappointed by is not that Michael has missed a few three-pointers. That's going to happen. When you're taking 25-foot jump shots, they're not, gonna go, they're not all going to go in, as I alluded to before. But I just thought Michael looked like a much better all-around player against the Lakers in the previous series than he has in, in really his whole career, in my opinion. I just thought the rebounding in particular, occasional, you know, offside help, getting a block shot. I just think that Porter was able to make his presence known in more ways than just scoring the basketball, which is a big advancement for him in, in his short time here in the NBA. But for whatever reason, that just hasn't really showed out against against. Miami against the Heat so far in this NBA final series and I'm not really sure why that is and I think if I were Michael Malone the Denver Nuggets coach I'd be telling Porter Jr. don't worry about your shooting just keep taking the same shots you always would but I would like to see you be more active on the other end of the court let's see some more rebounding let's see some more energy on the defensive end of the court I think if you do that I think it'll all come at that point but you know what? I was thinking about Michael Porter the other day because I went to, of course, the Missouri-Kansas hurricane relief game, I believe they called it, several years ago. November of 2017, if my memory serves me correctly. Well, it just got me thinking. There were definitely some Kansas fans that were ready to hate Michael Porter Jr. in that game. But of course, with just one season of Michael Porter Jr. and no regular season game, you know, Hard for Kansas fans to really get any true hate 
for that young man. And I got to say, Michael Porter's teammate, Christian Brown, I feel the same way about him because back in the day, Christian Brown would have been my absolute least favorite player, excuse me, in all of college basketball the previous three or four seasons he was at Kansas because, well, number one, Kansas guy. Number two, slight Missouri legacy there related to the sand bodies, right? So a lot of reasons to hate Mark, to hate Christian Brown in general. But again, we only saw him one time. Missouri played in Kansas last season, got demolished against Christian Brown and the team that went on to win the title that season, unfortunately. But I think one of the less discussed parts of the portal, at least on my end, is that who do I hate? anymore. It's one thing I've talked a lot about, hey, how about continuity for basketball? How about continuity between quarterbacks and wide receivers? Isn't that getting lost a little bit in the portal? And not only that, just your overall love and affection for these guys. Certainly it's a lot different for Kobe Brown, who was here four years, than it is for Demoy Hodge, who we love, by the way, but one year of Demoy, just not quite the same thing as four years of Kobe Brown. But less discussed though, who do I hate? Back in the day, I hated Paul Pierce for no real good reason other than I was 15 years old and I hated Kansas and he was one of their best players. That was about it. And also, there was a familiarity there, a familiarity that, of course, bred some contempt on my part because, well, Paul Pierce played against Missouri several times, probably seven or eight times in his career despite only playing three years at Kansas. There were some Big 8 tournament games in there, Big 12 tournament all that good stuff. I mean, back in the day, you could see the annoying Jeff Boshi of Kansas fame as many as 12 times in his career. These days, though, I mean, who is the last opposing player that really, truly drew the ire of Missouri fans? I can really only think of Marshall Henderson, really, the former Ole Miss guard. But gosh, that's been almost 10 years now or something, hasn't it? I mean, Marshall Henderson has not been around forever. These days, the only people who get hate, it's usually Mike Anderson or John Calipari or Eric Musselman, whoever the coach is that annoys us for that moment. Well, those guys get booed, but in terms of recognizable players, well, it'd be nice to have somebody to be the heel. That's all I'm saying. I think it'd be good for college basketball if we could get our Eduardo Naharaz and Jeff Boshies back in the fold. But maybe that's just me. Hey, we'll talk about this topic maybe more in the future for all you everydayers. But certainly, thanks for being patient with me this week. I'm on the mend. I promise you the foot's getting better. It's all good. And my, my little illness from this past weekend, we're all good. Everything's good. So I'm on the mend. And you know what? Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Mizzou.